Bye. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castro. Is, is, is that my cue? I don't know. <laughs> I even forgot I was talking into a mic. I so- just... A great way to know how long we've been doing this podcast is if you go back to like the first few episodes, the intro is just so succinct and so you're so professional mm-hmm. early on. Because I think the the experience of you being in front of a mic doing like 10,000 episodes of the Around the NFL podcast, which frankly, too many. Uh, yeah, I, I'll come it, with you. It carried over into the throwback pod for the first like 40-ish episodes and then... It just falls off a cliff, and now I'm not even—I don't even know what you're saying. And right now, now they're greeted with intros like this one. I just drifted off again. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I barely know where I am. Actually, I do know where I am. I'm in the new garage, NU Umlaut Garage. Rolling, 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 rolling. Say what? <laughs> like we need that. We need a music cue every time you say it. I think we will. I think we will get that. <laughs> it's got to be rolling. Yeah. Here, let me let me tee it up again. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to try to put that into my uh, Apple Music search. I'm like, no, you don't want that. No, please. Even though Limp Bizkit did maybe technically win a poll, they did tie with Metallica in a poll. So we do have the option of doing Limp Bizkit at some point in the near it's a, future. It's there as an option. That's good to know. All right. Welcome back to the new garage. All right. <laughs> Wait, that's it. That's all it. Rolling. That's all we need. You know what time it is. <laughs> What an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, Fred Durst didn't really do bridges. It was just like... He barely did music. Do something here and say something here and rolling, rolling, rolling. But you're right. All we need is this. All right. (laughs) That's Idiot. (laughs) Stupid person. All right. That's a nice way to warm things up. Yes, sir. In the uh, mortgaged garage here. Um... We're back in business. Yeah, we're we're rolling, rolling, rolling now after an unplanned hiatus. Look at us. Yes, and Bob, I know you, in our most recent episode, struggled with the Kelsey Grammer reveal, and um, I know that was very hard for you. So I want you to know that this is going to be an episode where you don't have to worry about digging up any childhood um, issues or tragedies. Just enjoy yourself tonight, tonight in the garage. I'm going to. I feel good knowing that we're kind of... We're almost in the clear with my horrific uh, stories that made me who I am today. I feel like there's not that many. What? We want more. I don't know if there's that many more left. 
that's like kind of your thing on the podcast now. There are definitely atrocities. <laughs> I mean, there are definitely a few that I'm sure I'm even repressing that I'm not ready for until the moment that it comes out. <laughs> Still funny. Um, yes, no, but that that was brave, Bob. I think that's the word I was searching for. That brave, was brave. Yes, it was. I agree um, with you. I, I agree. I was brave. And uh, now uh, we are going to, you know, keep it nice and loose. We like to do our countdown episodes, you know? People, people love the countdowns. I love them. You love you? them. They're fun. I do, yeah. The, it's great. The whole conceit of the podcast is digging through albums of the past. But sometimes it's just, to, you know, just roll through a top 10 countdown from Billboard from whatever year. And, and it is pretty much a random generator how we choose this. But we're like, hell, fuck it. Uh, 30 years ago. Yeah, let's go back 30. Go back 30 uh, and see what were the biggest songs uh, the week of May 2nd, 1987. How about that? That was more than 30. Oh, yeah. What is that shit? 34. Oh, stop it. 34. Stop it. Yeah. You see those like those memes, Dan, those memes that are on that that Internet. The kids are into where yeah. it's like 19. We're as far away from 1980 now. That 1980 was from 1940. Right. It's like that kind of thing. Don't like those. All that stuff. All that stuff. And I, I've, I've. If that 70s show came on the air now, it would take place in 2002. Right. It's like no, that kind of that thing. That stuff is a little bit too much for me to deal with. But I've also reached a place in my life where I don't stress about getting older anymore. It's true. You're 41 now. You're a 41 year old man. I am 41. You're uh, in your 40s, firmly, firmly I am. planted. You are deeper in your 40s than We're, but I am, we're but... a couple of 41-year-old men. Right. I mean, is that, should we be doing podcasts? I guess all 41-year-old men are doing podcasts. Yeah. So I think yeah. we're still, we're, we're fine. We haven't outgrown this medium, but. Uh, There's probably a lot of things we shouldn't be doing at this point, but podcasts, we're still okay. And we're okay 20 years from now, putting all the things that we put on record, on record? Oh no, this whole thing's coming down. Yeah. Yeah. That for sure. Smart. Absolutely. That feels like a that feels like the right move. Like as early as tomorrow, this will all be gone. <laughs> One thing we didn't we did oh we did talk about uh that you wrote on a, a a private jet. That was cool. We talked about that. All right. Is there anything else to talk about? It's gotta be a lot to talk about. There was. I mean, I was a single man in Georgia. Not single like, you know, my wife wouldn't like be phrasing it that way. I was a bachelor. I don't think she would like it at all. Not at all. I was a bachelor for six weeks without a family. It was the longest I've ever lived alone in my entire life. Ever? Well, ever. I mean, I... Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I went to college. I, I, same way, I, I had roommate, yeah. roommates in my 20s. I moved in with Heather. And uh, What was your takeaway from having that much time? Because I, I have found like when my, my wife is from Texas and she'll take the boys, you know, once a year or whatever... And then maybe I'll come for a part of the trip and then I'll get back home and I'll, I'll be home for like a week or so. By the end of that week, I'm like, oh, th- that was, this was cool, but I, I miss being around other people and my family and stuff. What, mm. What's it like being that distance I mean, you're for that com- amount of time? Completely cut off in, a weir- in the weirdest way imaginable. Like I talked with my family every day. Uh, I didn't just like change my phone number and completely disappear <laughs> every day. That seems like every day, like a lot of FaceTimes. So like you are super connected nowadays, but when I'm working, I was working on Lego masters. That's like such a long day as it is. It wasn't like I was going out plus COVID 
and working all day. I didn't have like a fun, this is six weeks of living it up. It was like right. exhausted and, uh, you know, just talking to the family when I'm also, home. Also, you were part of uh, the picket uh, outside the Brave Stadium upset about them moving the All-Star game. You were like, this can't happen. Right. You know, let us yeah. have our rights. Yeah. No, I was. Cowards, wait, all that wait, stuff. On, you were that, huge on that. Does that put me pro voting restrictions or anti? What, where, where, no, you were definitely, you were definitely very into re- voter restrictions. I want more restrictions. Yes. Yeah, so you it. were upset <laughs> at MLB for. Oh, right. right. I was mad at MLB. Yes. To Colorado. And like. I imagine that had to be something well, on your radar. That as was... somebody who's been involved in politics, somebody who may or may not have lost, of, uh, I don't know if it was a fair election or not. I don't think every vote should oh, be. Oh, it was fair. I don't think every vote should be equal. So how about that? <laughs> That's what you took out of your run for student council president. Student council president. In the fifth grade, yeah. Voter suppression. Voter suppression could help me. <laughs> if, I would have, if I would have been able to suppress some seventh grade votes and sixth grade votes, and let's be honest, most of the fifth grade votes. Right. I could have won. So you just had to settle for trying to suppress the memory of everyone laughing at you when you said there should be a slave <laughs> there is some, club. I'm pro suppression overall, <laughs> mostly of just my memories. Um, and this is where I had mentioned the Donahue incident again, but no, we're not we doing that. We're not doing we're that. We're moving forward. I will say Georgia, a great state, Atlanta, a, a legit city. Like I think I'm a bit of an asshole having gone from New York to LA. And whenever I go somewhere else, I'm like, this isn't that great. Right. This is not a city. Yeah. I'm from New York and from L.A. Yeah. That's Bob all the time. That's me all the time. Uh, Atlanta, <laughs> a real city. I liked it. Uh, I'm sure Atlanta is feeling great about that uh, that endorsement from you, Bob. <laughs> so condescending. It's what they Atlanta, needed. it's a real city. It's great. It's great. It is. It's great. I mean, come on. Like Philly, come on. You're not a real city. Ooh, takedown. Boston, fine. You're fine. You're cute. Ooh. Atlanta's a real city. Let's go through all the cities. Chicago. <laughs> real city. Houston. Barely. Uh, no, Houston's not a real city. New Orleans. The best city. Topeka. <laughs> not a real city. <laughs> we just do this for hours. It's like everyone's on the edge of their seats waiting for their nearest city to be called. Uh, that will be exclusive Patreon content. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, yes, 1987, 34 years ago. Can't be happening. It's happening. We just have to deal with that. We are. Wait, that 70s show would have been taking place in 2002? One or two, yeah. That's would have, fucking crazy. Would have been great if it started in 2001. That's a great pilot. Oh. Hanging out. Wait, what's that? <laughs> Put it on the board. <laughs> Put it on the board. Um, so, yes, while... The world continues to move forward and we all get older. This little pocket of the internet is to reminisce on the innocent times, Bob. Um, and we were young boys in 1987. I have to say, this this might be one of the more, I don't know if this is the right term, but I'm going to use it anyway, action-packed top tens that we've wow. had. It is just uh, plenty of bangers, songs that have endured some songs that have not endured, but were very popular and perhaps deeply shitty, but mm-hmm. everyone knows the songs. And it's got all those different things. Uh, and I and it's got a Prince song. And oh, finally. Yeah, we, we have a uh, bit of a complicated relationship with the artist. Formerly known. As? Prince, but then known again as Prince. And, then, and, and forever known as Prince. Is that yeah. the full, full? But then he kept the... But also the symbol? I don't understand how you kept the symbol. Can't be both. Because the symbol 
Let's get it. Wait, let's save it for the Prince talk. <laughs> let's save it for the Prince talk. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go through the top 10. Before we do uh, the top 10, though, we like to pick a song each that was in the top 100 uh, for this time. And uh, Bob, you will get us going here with a song that uh, that is instantly recognizable. Immediately. I mean, is this a good song, though? Let's find out. It sounds like elevator music. A man walks down the street. He says, why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle of rest of my life is so hard i need a photo opportunity i want a shot of redemption don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard bone digger bone digger dogs in the moonlight far away my well-lit door it's a bass i don't find this stuff amusing anymore if you'll be my bodyguard i can be your long Answer your question. Yes, it's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song. It was just the way it started. I know. It felt a little bit ancient, but uh, it's a really, uh, I don't know. It just, it kind of makes me feel good. I had to pick the song because for most of our life in our, in our tens and maybe even into our twenties. Yeah. Our tens, did you say? Yeah, because it started at 10. It was, it was before the teens as well. Whenever uh, MTV or VH- are aughts. whenever MTV or VH1 would do like a countdown of like the funniest music videos of all times, oh. they always put this at like number one because Chevy Chase is next to Paul Simon, and they're both being kind when of. When I was a kid, I weird. thought like, I thought this Chevy Chase was in the band, right? Because it was like, oh yeah, this is funny for like a musician. Yeah, no, this was <laughs> this was told to us like this is good comedy. This is comedy. This is it. I think it was, speaking of the passage of time, I, I, I would guess that it was like people that were getting older, baby boomers that were like, the first season of SNL, yeah. Chevy was king. So it's like, you just kind of try to talk yourself into him being this brilliant person, but he just was kind of a cock, as it right. turns out. Yeah, totally a dick. There we go. There we go. Fuck Chevy Chase. <laughs> Fuck Chevy Chase. Fuck Chevy Chase. That'd be awesome if, like, Paul Simon does, like, a concert in Central Park for, like, 200,000 people. Because New Yorkers fucking love Paul Simon. Like, fuck, oh, And the crowd just going nuts. Oh, Paul Simon's the one instigating it? Yeah, like, he's doing the he just turns this into, like, a battle rap song. It's like like a Springsteen jumps on top of the piano and just gets yeah. the entire Great Lawn into a fuck Chevy Chase chant. Oh, that'd be great. Um, yes, very instantly recognizable horn thing. This is on horn thing. We are musicians. Um, off the album Graceland, Bob, which is widely hailed as uh, one of his great works. Have you ever listened to Graceland? I have. I have. But I don't... Album of the Year. Album of the Year. in 1987. Wow. Frequently cited as one of the best albums of all time. Every few years, I talk myself into, like, I'm going to really dive into Paul Simon or Simon and Garfunkel. And I get, like, I get into, like, the three-foot-deep section, and then I get out of the pool. Like, yeah, I get that. And I don't dislike it. I just can't get further into it. Although I mean, I, I, Some of those early singles, are, or really the, the catalog of Simon Garfunkel, it's like, you can't dispute some no, of the No, you songs. can't. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. And I think uh, The Only Living Boy in New York has out of nowhere become one of 
my more listened to songs in the last couple of years. Because like, you're still a Garden State guy. Maybe that's well, it. Take it for a walk, baby. Fuck Chevy Chase. <laughs> Fuck Chevy Chase. Fuck Chevy Chase. Fuck Chevy Chase. Whole place go fucking nuts. New York City's on fire. <laughs> The town of Chevy Chase, Maryland. So confused. <laughs> Where's all this hatred coming from? Um, anyway, uh, there is another song. I think it's on this album um, that I love. Uh, about It's about mothers. It's something mothers. Oh, here it is. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, Only Living Boy in New York. That's a great one. Sounds of Silence. Of course. So many. The Boxer. I mean, The Boxer is one of those songs. It's like, what's like the greatest songs of the 70s? Mm-hmm. Probably came out in 1968. All right. Let's see. Let's move on. What do you pick, Dan? I wanted to pick a song that was tremendously meaningful to me. In my formative years, um, a song I still like a lot. And uh, to me, it's the greatest uh, love song of the 80s. Wow. Full stop. Okay. This is The Lady in Red by Chris DeBerg. You know how it goes. Sing it, baby. I've never seen you looking so lovely as you did tonight. I've never seen you shine so bright. I've seen so many men ask you if you wanted to dance Looking for a little romance Give out half Don't chuckle about this, is serious shit I have never seen that dress you're wearing Oh, the hat that's in your hair I catch your eyes I have been blind Lady I love how serious the 80s were. I was thinking the same thing. That's why, that's actually why I laughed. Here's. Come on. Here's if when 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 I when I build a time machine when it happens of all the things you know there's probably a big list of things that have to happen of course like gotta stop stop you know that '70s show first pilot episode taking place in September 2001 gotta go back to the 1940s for obvious reasons kill certain people you got to do all these things like there's a lot of responsibility but my first stop my kill Phil Donahue to stop the entire (laughs) show from ever happening. suppressed some votes in the middle school election of 1991 like there's a lot You're that needs to happen voter suppression guy massive voter You're suppression at prms but first i'm going back to 1987 i'm finding a sexy 80s babe with uh 80s long butt oh yeah big hair big old uh, long butt fit legs fit trim legs waist. Big dumb sunglasses that she like puts down on her mm-hmm. nose and just like oh yeah because of big red lipstick, and I am totally toned, but a, a butt that's like four feet long. Yep, 
and I am fucking her unironically to this song. Like having unironic sex with this scoring it. Because you can't do that now because it would just be too funny to do. Just yeah. imagine being able to really just throw yourself into this music while making love to 80s long butt. Like he wrote the song, I think, for his wife. I think his wife like burned down his castle in Ireland or something later on. I remember reading that or hearing about that. But like relatable. But it's like he wrote this for somebody. Yeah. And then he played it for her. And like what a move. Emoted it so well. And then that <laughs> then that relationship didn't work out. Yeah. Now think about that. Anyway, it's also interesting to me. Um, oh my you, God, his material, his his original master material was destroyed in that Universal fire in 2008. Oh wow, you've always loved this song. I have. You know what? If you um, you know grew up 80s, early 90s, and then you were going to dances, and I, maybe this is a suburbs. Uh, he goes, I love you. Um, for some reason power ballads were always a little behind you were always a little behind the times so like 80s power ballads would be played at dances Mm -hmm. yeah for us at least DJ Howie was playing this at the junior high dances and then I feel like even in between the boys to men and Mariah Carey songs like Lady in Red I feel like would sneak in it would for sure right yeah Um, and I just always I don't know that one's got a soft spot for me because it makes me think about like crushing on girls when I was 13. Yeah, I mean... Like that's the... So even though it came out before I even thought about girls... Right, it was still being played. Yeah, it was there. That and like the take my breath away type music we were still slow dancing to in the early 90s. <laughs> it's like, who, what? Who, who was behind this playlist? What, wait, what DJ is putting that song on, which is so emotional for a bunch of 11-year-olds to slow dance and try to... Playing Berlin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nuts. I guess the DJ himself, if you want to kind of try to deconstruct it, right. was an aging guy, and he was playing what was popular love songs when he was still kind of plugged in. So maybe, right. I don't know, there's got to be something to it. All right, there you go. We're all, we're flying. Mother and Child Reunion, I think, is the Paul Simon song, which is a fucking killer song. You know what I bet? I bet you and I would both be huge Paul Simon fans if we actually got into the Yeah, game. I could see that for sure. But it's, you know, just I'm a fan of his comedy mostly. Like, he got, like, peak Carrie Fisher. Right. Paul Simon. He's, like, best friend. Three foot four bald guy. Best friends with Lauren Michaels, just hanging out with all the cool kids. All right, so here's the top ten, starting with a little R&B. Cool in the gang, Stone Love. Nope, not yet. I thought I'd synced it up. Not yet. I mean, I guess 30 seconds isn't long enough to get into your (laughs) fucking song. Here we go. (laughs) Go.
This is a cool in the gang. They peaked at number 10 here, and this is their last top 40 song. So this is history in a way, though. Yeah, just the disco era coming to a close by 1987. Um, I I don't know this song at all, but this is definitely music my mom liked. Really? Linda yeah. was into Cool in the Gang? I mean, stuff like this. Lisa, Lisa, Cult Fam, and Stacey you, Q. Right, true or false? The Jets. Was there a guy named Cool in Cool in the Gang? True. Robert Cool Bell. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. Good for him. Jersey, guys. I think that's solid as a rock right there. <laughs> They've sold over 70 million albums. Fuck you. All right, what's a cool in the gang song? Celebrate good times, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool in the gang is mostly famous for being on the do not play at any cost list at my wedding. I mean, that's... How did they react to that? They It hit them hard. They were like, you know what? We would trade about... <laughs> 45 million of those records to be on this uh, playlist right now, but it's not happening. <laughs> that was that was smart, though. You have to rein in your wedding DJ. Yeah. Because sometimes he gets a little, he tries to play some hero ball. Yeah. And that's it's not what he's there for. No. Play the hits. Specifically the hits I'm telling you to play. But you did, you, you demanded they did the chicken dance, which I was surprised. At least three times. All right, here we go. That was uh, Cool in the Gang. Good for you guys. Uh, up next. The real pile of big shit. <laughs> uh, Starship. Yes. Starship. Yes. Give me some keys. Oh, All right. fuck. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think it's off the mannequin soundtrack? Yes. All right, here we go. Nothing's going to stop us now. Like, I didn't want to give Cool and the Gang short trip, but if you don't know the song, you don't know the song. That was more than enough for Cool and the Gang. <laughs> you can hear us wheezing or trying so hard there. Like, Grace Slick was one of the most respected, like, singers of her time in the early 70s. Like, she was cool. Yeah. She was the White Rabbit lady. Yeah. And this happened. The evolution from Jefferson Airplane to Jefferson Starship to just Starship. Right. A lot of litigation involved. A lot of litigation involved, but man, oh man, this is where it ended up. And you know what? I'm glad they did. Yeah, I mean, listen. This is so good. Not here to judge (laughs) overly here. Uh, Did you know that it was co-written by Diane Warren and Albert Hammond? Wow. The father of the Strokes guitarist who had a huge career as a songwriter. Uh, It's a power ballad. It's, It's probably the most 80s song ever, right? It's, is there a more 80s song of this? 
I mean, this Maybe chorus. Maybe the Beverly Hills Cop synthesizer song. <laughs> <laughs> I like this middle eight here. All that I need is you. All that I ever need. All that I want to do. Hold you forever. Ever and ever. Need a sax. Where's the sax overdue? Is there a sax in this? Sam. I mean, this song is, solo. it's famous for being a bad song, but it, it's not, I guess the one that's even more famous is the, uh, we built, we the built city, this city is, which yeah. is also just atrocious, but I guess this is, you know, you know what though? Everybody who says this is atrocious is just being a dick. You're being a just snob. What's not to love about the corniness of the song. It's perfect. Like we get it. We get it. Especially if you're of a certain age back then you're like this is what they became right it's kind of like when you see for us when you see Gwen Stefani on The Voice or something and she's got all the surgery and she's doing pop duets with the dopey boyfriend the country singer and it's like wait she was like the coolest girl in 90s rock right but you know yeah but put this on a so, pl- but you got under that right that's fair though right if you're if you th- when she was doing White Rabbit and she was th- the drug rock queen right and now she's trying to sell as many records as possible to buy up all the cocaine. Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. Like, it's disappointing. But the drive for cocaine was the same. It was just a different way to get to it. This was the way to get... It's still drugs. This was the way to get the cocaine in the 80s. But, I mean, this song gets maligned for being a piece of shit. But if you put that next to, I just called to say I love you and... I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. It's in the same world. It's that same 80s corniness. And I think it just doesn't deserve to be hated on. It deserves to be laughed at and enjoyed. I I think it's a good call. I also think that uh, for the reasons I I laid out, I think it gets kind of dinged, especially. Yeah, I think you're right that that's it. It's like like an aging band that's like, let's hire all the top 80s songwriters in a desperate attempt to stay on it's, the radio it's personal there's it's, a desperation it's, it's, to it. it's a personal uh it hits at a personal level for these people writing about it in 1994 well when i was eight i was like oh this is cool shit this is as good as it gets <laughs> speaking of the finer things in life <laughs> here's a man that's still waiting for tom petty to give him a call to go back on tour. <laughs> Saw Tom Petty like six times. Yeah. And Steve Winwood always always was opening for Tom Petty. <laughs> he must be a hell of a hang. <laughs> like you would think Petty likes to keep it pretty tight or like to keep yeah. it pretty tight. Like so Winwood kept on getting the call. I think it speaks well. And Steve you know Winwood. that there was somebody at the label that was like, what do you think about going out with somebody else this time? He's like, nah. Steve Winwood, man. Get to see if Steve's available. Or nothing. <laughs> Is Steve around? Yeah, Steve's always around, Tom. Steve's very available.
He does. Can't take that away from him. Tom knew. Tom knew. Off the 1986 album, Back in the High Life. And Which, by the way, great song. Bangers <laughs> up and down it, including the Michelob song, which was always like Mark Sessler and I, in our younger days, when we were getting drunk like five nights a week after work, uh, at local water watering holes in Culver City, we used to play a lot of Winwood, And... Um, this album has so many great songs on it, but uh, back in the high life again. Yes. That was always my kind of like, that was my Winwood song, the yeah. jam. Valerie's great, of course. He's got some good stuff from uh, Higher Love, which is a great one. I recently, uh, when I was in Georgia, I made a new playlist titled, I'm an old white guy and I like these songs. And Steve Winwood is prominently featured on that. I mean, he's got to be, right? It's mostly Steve Winwood, Don Henley, and Bob Seger. This is kind of a weird 80s, 80s move. Let's go back here. It, like, I guess if you're like a old white guy in the 80s, you could mm-hmm. just like change the song totally right in the middle of the song and be like, <laughs> this is now the same song, but it's a totally different song. Listen to this change. You could do that, maybe. Wow. All of a sudden, it's the Karate Kid Part 2 soundtrack here. <laughs> is Steve Winwood... Wait. Is he the original Franz Ferdinand? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call that artful, that transition. <laughs> I got, And I love him. But, you know, Steve, Steve can do what Steve wants to do. Yeah. Back in the High Life Again. That was the Michelob Back uh, song, right? Back in the High Life Again. Yep. Right? I feel like that's wrong. Well, Miller, would it be Miller High Life? It's definitely a Michelob ad campaign. Oh. I'm going to be mad at myself when I remember what it was. But uh, now the song is like back to being the same song. It's good stuff. Gotta love Winwood. Do you think if you were born... After 1995, you even know what the words Steve Winwood mean? No, no, probably not. Right? There's a. We, um, I, I'd say people even born in 1980 barely know Steve Winwood. He's kind of he's kind of slipped between the cracks. I mean, I mean, Tom Petty was one of the biggest rock artists of the last 30, 40 years, 50 years, and uh, so there's no shame in opening for Tom Petty. But the fact that Winwood was always doing the second banana behind yeah. Petty thing, you would think he would have been able to do his own tour. Maybe he did. I'm sure he did. What's, he, do- what's he doing now? Is he dead too? Oh, Bob. I'm serious. What's he doing? Is he still around? Is Steve Winwood dead? As I Google it. <laughs> Steve Winwood is 72 years old and alive. Okay, good. Also, of course, was in the band's traffic and the Spencer Davis group. What a career. Good for him. All right. Good for Steve. He's like, oh, I finally have validation. Those two <laughs> now, pieces of shit. Now I can die in peace. <laughs> those strangers, those anonymous strangers. All right, here we go. How about this is a, a power hitting duo? Aretha Franklin, George Michael. I knew you were waiting 
open parenthetical, for me, close parenthetical. All right. Here we go. Like a warrior that fights and wins the battle, I know the taste of victory, though I went through Both these people dead, by the way. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Somehow I'm later to the heartache. Yes, I did. I escaped. I found my way out of the darkness. I kept my faith. I know the day. Kept my faith. There's no way that this song isn't used as the credits bed for like three men and a baby. <laughs> it's just like, it's such it's an... part, so many of these songs just do sound like the closing credits. Yeah. Like, was this the last song in just one of the guys? It was the last song in just one of the guys. Were it they was, high five as they drive away. It was uh, in Ghostbusters two, <laughs> three men and a baby three and men three and men and a baby. little lady. <laughs> yep. This is the second time George Michael has come up on the pod and we still haven't played any of his good songs. Uh, what else? What was the other one? I feel like he was in another countdown, and it was some other random George oh, Michael right. song. Oh, right. We were like disappointed because yeah. we were excited. You know, he was such a huge star. Yeah. That this was this was Aretha Franklin's all-time biggest Hot 100 song. It was number one on both sides of the Atlantic. That's crazy. And George Michael hadn't put out the Faith album yet. Like, he was a big enough star that he would help carry this single to being the biggest song in the world wow like I feel like that's a little under the radar how huge George Michael was yeah just a little yeah I think it's forgotten because then he, he became... died and it was just like there well, wasn't quite the reaction that I, it I was, expected there either right well it was after he got arrested it was a combination of things but it was like his arrest which turned him into a punchline right and his battle with drugs and just even just being openly gay at a time when it wasn't as normal and Kind of it accepted. changed the narrative away from what he was, which is like a really kind of incredible recording artist. Like he wrote a lot of these songs yeah. or all the songs that were his hits. And it wasn't Andrew Ridgely that no. was responsible for making Wham a big band also. So it was like, give him a little Fucking love to George. We should do the Faith shots, album. Shots so fired at Andrew Ridgely for no reason. Yeah, yeah. I felt no bad reason. for Ridgely though. You got to feel bad for Ridgely because he knew he, he knew that we all knew. Right. That had to be the worst thing. Because he was racked with enough... Because they were childhood friends. I read about this recently. Like, they were buddies. And they were, like, songwriters together. And then his best buddy is, like, a super hot, charismatic... He's George Michael. And then he's Andrew Ridgely. I'm waiting for... I'm waiting for you to draw the comparison to this podcast. Because I think that you see yourself as the George Michael here. I feel like that's where you're headed with this. No, I was more like the Paul Simon Garfunkel thing. That I was, I was going to go there. Right. Would you rather Which be? Is also, oh, this is a good question. I know. Yeah, we're in the same world here. <laughs> Would you rather be Art Garfunkel or Andrew Ridgely? I feel like Garfunkel. He's got the hair. The hair was ridiculous. Ridiculous hair and dumb name. So you kind of. <laughs> Inherently become, twice there. <laughs> you kind of inherently just become more of a punchline. 
Got to ding him for the dumb hair, stupid name combo. Ridgely completely under the radar, just cashing checks. So probably Ridgely. You would rather be Ridgely. I think so. Because you're not like really carrying that weight with you. Like you could go move somewhere and be like, hi, I'm Andrew Ridgely. And like eight out of 10 people won't know who you are. If you're Art Garfunkel and you move somewhere, it's like, hi, my name is Art Garfunkel. Stop staring at my dumb hair. (laughs) You're dealing with a lot of shit right off the bat. I'll also say that I don't think Garfunkel, although it's you know well known that Paul Simon was the engine um, that drove that duo, but he wasn't a punchline at the level that Ridgely became. Like, all right, fair, yeah. Like that, people, that, that, that people hurts. say, like, I mean, Art Garfunkel, famously beautiful voice. Like, you can't take that away from him. Can't do it. Beautiful voice. Can you say that about Andrew Ridgely? Probably can't say that about. Ridgely. Has anyone ever said that? Say it. Do it. Say it right now. Andrew Ridgely has a gorgeous... Nope, can't do it. Can't do it. It's impossible. You did. Speaking of gorgeous... Oh, no. Oh, no. Gross. So now we're going to talk about you two for the next few minutes and Bob will get off his shots and I will deliver an impassioned defense of my favorite band. It's how this usually goes. Right, right. Um, before we get to the chorus of this, I want to say one of the many things I love about this band is that this doesn't sound like an 80s song. This sounds like you too. That's hard. That's hard to do. Right. There's no like synthesizer especially this playlist we've been listening to this sounds like nothing else we've heard so far that is true now i'll ask you this do you like with or without you do you have a list of you two songs you do like lemon <laughs> lemon is way up there number one <laughs> number one with a bullet i think i remember you telling me you liked get on your boots i don't know that one do i like that one <laughs> that was yes yeah, so on uh she also respected This is one of two number one singles you two ever had on the Billboard chart. That's it? It was this and. Uh, what failures? I still really? Can't found, still haven't found what I'm looking for. Back to back off this album, then that was it. Wow. Not Discotech. Discotech didn't make it. Fuck. Didn't make it. I would do pop before I do Joshua Tree on this show. Why? I don't know. I just feel like that'd be more fun. It would be fun. I don't even need to defend this album. It's the fucking Joshua Tree. I mean, never heard of it. I don't even want to, like, even your jokes would fall flat because it's, it cannot be defeated. Yeah, you do. When it comes to like really personal U2 stuff, you do go high horse and you refuse to even can't. get down. You won't, you won't go down. I won't the, humor you. You won't go into the alleys with me. You won't get down to the gutters and fight it out. You're just like, nope. But if we're doing pop and I'm like <laughs> trying to tell you why staring at the sun is incredible. Like, you know.
sometimes I think um, Friends is what made me a U2 fan. Friends? Because this song was played during a pivotal arc in uh, Ross Rachel. Uh-huh. And I, I, I mean, U2, especially this album, was all around us when we were kids. But um, I think that's what caused me to like start investigating U2. Right. Makes sense. And then I found all the stuff afterwards. But yeah. I mean, so do I like the song? Yes, I do. I think we talked about it at some point earlier. It was expertly used in the Americans finale, series finale. Which I'm going to go back to, Bob. It was just an incredible use of the song that made me appreciate it in a whole new way. Much like you with Ross and Rachel. Um, (laughs) That wasn't meant to be a shot, but it kind of came out that way. No, it's actually a servant. It's a deserving shot. It was. Um, Before we started recording this episode, you said something that warmed my heart. We're drinking. We're both drinking Wolf Pup Session IPAs. And I was shocked when you asked me to uh, give you one. Because you've never been an IPA guy. You've kind of like not been into the whole sort of IPA beer thing. Find it kind of exhausting. Find it exhausting. People talking about this But you said, you said before we started recording that you started drinking coffee this year. I did. Which again. January 1st at your house actually. At my house you had your first real cup of coffee. And you've become a coffee drinker. Which I like coffee. Now. I love because I love coffee. This is very exciting for me. Now you love uh, IPAs too because you feel like the coffee may have warped your sense of taste. Interesting choice of words. I don't think warped is what I would say, but I think it changed my palate a little bit. And right. uh, and I think that helped, yes. Well, I don't know when it happened, but there's something I've been wanting to tell you for a little while now. Where is this going? I don't think I hate you two anymore. <laughs> You're fucking with me. Right? No, I'm not. It's like a weird thing. This is the best best birthday gift I've ever received. It's weird. I don't know how to feel about it, but... Tell me everything. There have been, in the last couple of uh, months, a couple of instances of like <laughs> you two coming on, and it being like a with or without you kind of song that I've turned off 10 million sure. times. <laughs> and like I haven't lunged to turn it off as quickly. What? And then... When I was, you know, I told you I was making that I'm an old white guy and I like these songs playlist. Mm, okay. And I can show it to you right now, right in between Bruce Springsteen's Tougher Than the Rest and Back right, in so. the High Life Again by Steve Winwood. All I want is you. All I want is you. A song that I couldn't even imagine adding on any playlist of mine. Unbelievable. Up until I was a 41-year-old white guy. Do you think the fact that you were separated from me, forget about your kids and your wife, um absence makes the heart grow fonder down that road maybe that's oh no (laughs) (laughs) no it's not that no i thought you were to say separate of you and not having to like think like be kind of have them pushed on me right in a way that it was kind of like i was kind of finding them on my own in georgia I mean, I haven't been in, drunk in a, with you at a casino in a while. It's been so a while. Tried not That's to it. Push them it's on COVID, you. so we haven't been drunk in a bar. Yeah, you haven't like commandeered a jukebox and made me appreciate them. Uh, <laughs> not drunk in a casino, and um, you know, just being in Atlanta, which, by the way, good city, real city. Congratulations, Atlanta. Um, yeah, and just driving around in my rented uh, Mitsubishi. You don't remember listening to this on the Hollywood Hills? I don't like this already. <laughs> don't put. Why would you do this right now? <laughs> I'm trying to push it on you. I can't help myself. I'm burying my soul, and you're trying to ruin it. 
No, I'm really happy to hear that, Bob. And this is terrible. This is so terrible. Uh, it sounds like Wild Wild West. I know, but you. I remember you telling me at the Hollywood House that you liked it. So, you know. She's so mean. <laughs> I don't care. I love her eyes and her wild wild hair. <laughs> it is the same band as with or without you. It's hard to believe. But uh, well, that's good to hear, Bob. I I've long had a theory also that one of the things that has hurt you too is that they never just disappeared for a decade yeah. and just went underground. And um, I, I think it would really help their, not that they need any help with their legacy or anything, but like if they just disappeared and people like appreciate, mm-hmm. I think it would help the appreciation for people that have been turned off by the last, you know, 15 years or whatever, as their music has gone down in quality and the Apple thing and everything just go away. Oh, I forgot about the Apple thing. Oh, the, okay. I'm back. <laughs> All right, sign of the times, Prince. No, they got you now. Bono's got you. Here's Prince. Here's Prince. Fancy skinny man died of a big disease with a little name. By chance his girlfriend came across a needle and soon she did the same. At home there were 17 year old boys and their idea fun. In a game called the Disciples High on Crack Toting a machine gun Time This is, um Podcasts are not a visual medium But I feel like everybody listening Heard you roll your eyes right there because that was such a big eye roll you just did. <laughs> I feel like that came across the microphone. You know, it's Prince. It's interesting with Prince. Like, uh, you know, when he when he died, I understood the outcry, the outcry, and the the outpouring of grief and remembrance. And um, it was obvious he touched, you know, so many people with his music and I just I've never quite gotten it I just I want to I think we all love certain Prince songs of course I mean it's hard to deny that he's got like 10 great 80s songs oh I'm saying what that's not uh, yeah but like the idea that he is see this is very tricky terrain to even talk I know you're not really allowed to say I know Um, but which only happened after he died. I feel like in the nineties, you were allowed to shit on Prince all you want. Right. Cause he had become a bit of a caricature. Right. And he didn't point. have a hit for years and years and album after album. So he was kind of like an afterthought, but there was this, this underground Prince fandom that was like bubbling up and bubbling and bubbling. And then the second he died, it just came bursting out. And now Prince is, kind of usurped Michael Jackson as like the biggest star of the 80s. I think you're right. Sort of retro in retrospect. But like you, this is a perfect example of the song Sign of the Times. So it's by many accounts and lists one of the great songs ever. Do you do you hear it? No. I 
mean, at some point, we should we should do Purple Rain, the album. And we should we really need dig in on we need somebody. We need help, though. We need somebody to come on and guide us through it and make sure we're not completely off base in our... It's almost like I think we do need somebody that can explain why. Because, I mean, Purple Rain's special. an incredible song. That's one of the... One that's of one of them. Right. Unimpeachable. Right. And there's, uh, like, that's hit full of hits. But stuff like that, like, that's the kind of, I just don't get it. I know. So I we need know. help. We need help. And I know there's a segment of the audience if, right now that... Oh, they're hating they're us. They're rolling their eyes. Right. And they're saying these guys are, like, in their own bubble and... They right. sound terrible. They're telling on themselves right now. All that stuff. I get that. Like you, you, you can't. That's the thing I'm trying to say. Like I understand. There's a very good chance that Bob and I are way off on this, and we've just somehow missed the boat. But I have not been able to piece this puzzle together. Help I'm, us get on the <laughs> boat. We want to get on. Yeah, we're fine. Like the Prince boat. We look. We have to. We have to erase Michael Jackson from history and replace him with somebody. That seems to be what we're doing. Right. So we're down. We're down to help. But we just need help on the boat. Get us on the boat. And take us somewhere. Maybe La Isla Bonita. What a segue. What a seg. I like Prince songs. It is. He's fine. <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't make it better. See? There's one Prince fan in Atlanta right now that hates me so much. Oh my God. Obviously on that list, Madonna. Obviously, Michael Jackson. Obviously, the initial composition of the song "La Isla Bonita" was first offered to Michael Jackson before Madonna both accepted it and wrote the lyrics and melody. I don't know what the if you wrote the lyrics and the melody, what is the initial composition? I don't know what that means really. We're just showing our ass all over the place. Here. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about how. If this song was released today, how Madonna or anybody would immediately be canceled for cultural appropriation. This would be an appropriate. This would be scenario. immediately like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? It is noted for being the first Madonna song to contain Latin influences with arrangements of Cuban drums and Spanish gu- guitar, maracas, harmonicas, and a mix of Wait, I forgot. I, I forgot how it works. We don't have to say if it happened today. Madonna's canceled. Oh, she's out. Yeah, retroactively canceled. Now, I love like 44 Madonna songs. Yes. This one is... And at least one Madonna music video that ended up on a VHS. Yes, of course, on the tape. At least one that we know of. Uh, 
Now you would think, oh, erotica or something. No, no that was too no. weird for us. We were like 11 when that happened. It was too. And, well, that to this day, I never understood that whole thing. Yeah. I never got the leather and the, the bondage and all that shtick. I, what is that all about? Like, what's that about? Not my thing either. Now there's a, there's a leather freak Prince fan in Atlanta that it really just feels like a, is a, about to get on a plane to LA. <laughs> <laughs> I never the whole S and M thing. What is that all about, Bob? Why oh, why a, why is it that you and your wife are into it? Well, hold on, it. hold on, hold on, back it up. I feel like that's problematic right there. Uh, no, I don't get it either. But you know, more power to you if that's your thing. Go for it. Leather up. Put those zippers over your mouth and it's like, what are you doing? Eyeballs and butthole, whatever, wherever you want the zippers, just put the zippers there and just go nuts. Do people put zippers on their buttholes? Of course they do. There's definitely butthole zippers, which was the name of my first band. <laughs> the butthole zippers. But it's uh, there is no reason to have a butthole zipper. That, of course that's just is. asking for trouble. That's what you want. You want you are asking for trouble. Unzip my butthole. Gross. Not me, I'm just saying. <laughs> If we had sound I, drops, I would absolutely make sure to isolate that and use it repeatedly. I would hope you time. did. I wish I was into leather. I mean, the more the the more things you could be into, the better. Go for it. The next time someone writes a song parody for this show, <laughs> make sure to have Bob saying, unzip my butthole. Yes, please do. All right. Now we're in the top three. And Bob, I, I have to say, we've already heard you um, 2 That is my favorite band. So... It's tough to separate them from these type of statements. But if I had to pick like a favorite 80s song, like favorite, favorite. It could be. Wow. Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. Yes. I love every second of this song. Let's listen. has certain songs there's it's kind of a short list i'm sure for everybody but like it doesn't matter how many times you hear it you'll never get sick of it yeah this is on that short list for me i get that and it hits me like as the kids say right in the feels it just gets me i don't know it takes me somewhere like a better place it's a kind of like a place of nostalgia but Uh. i don't even know what the nostalgia is for necessarily it just takes me there uh, for four minutes. And it's like, what else could you ask for? So do you, um, do you at your fingertips? Is that Hammond B3, Bob? It's gotta be. What else could it be? We gotta get that Hammond B3 from Minnesota. How do we get 
is waiting for us. COVID times, no less. Um, oh, I have a dad bod uh, band update for you in a second. But I want a dad bod update too. <laughs> but before we get into that, uh, where was this in pop culture? Like, what has this been used in? Because it feels like it's bringing back memories from things, but I don't know what. All right, so let's figure it out. It's an Australian band, Crowded House. It's off their first album, 1986. Shout out, uh, preemptive shout out to our top tier Patreones, Kleine and Mansi, who are undoubtedly going to email us after hearing this with 14 other Crowded House songs (laughs) that we have to check out. So thank you in advance for doing that, guys. I'm going to post-emptively shout out. People don't do the post-emptively. No, it never. Uh, Stephen Thomas Erlewine of All Music, Ugh. who calls this song a, quote, majestic ballad. It's obvious. Nail like, it. You need a fucking degree in musicology to say that? Idiot. <laughs> uh, let's see. Prominently featured... Oh, I like this part. Oh, God. Come on now. Prominently featured in the 1994 miniseries adaption of Stephen King's novel, The Stand. Not what I was thinking of. Uh, it's been recorded by other artists, including Paul Young, Sixpence None the Richer, and Stan Walker. That's Sixpence None the Richer loves covering shit. Yeah. Second on the list of top 100 New Zealand songs of all time. Seventh on the list of top 100 Australian songs of all time. Somebody's got to explain this. I mean, station. you guys have to uh, make a, <laughs> work make that a out. Discussion. Work that out, guys. Make a decision there. In January 2018, uh, it was called The Most Australian Song of All Time. Or rank number sixty-five. Like so, there's a ranking of the most Australian songs of all time. Number one. What does that even mean? What does that mean? And it's number sixty-five. It seems very random. Or the first sixty-four locomotion. (laughs) Guns in the sky. (laughs) 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 I don't know. I don't see any other pop culture. Interesting. I feel like it must have been in things. All right. Here we go. Let's keep moving. You uh, you were surprisingly quiet on that song. Doesn't I was enjoying it. Doesn't connect with you though. I'm as much. Incorrect. I love it. You're fucking dead inside. I'm not dead inside. I like Old it. Old dead heart, Bob. Kelsey Grammer took it from him. <laughs> All right, Jody Watley. She was a thing for a while there. Here's looking for a new love. Guns in the sky. Guns in the sky. Wait, let's, um, let's compare. Okay. Yeah. Now, looking for a love, new love, Jody Watley. It's a ooh. Yep. Off. Here we go. The They're really setting the mood. I thought Looms came in a little earlier, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good battle, though. I'm giving it to NXS. See that one there? That's what makes it. It's also one guy versus like a gangbang of ooze. 
Uh, these are pretty masculine. This though. one makes me uncomfortable, though. There's too many of them. All right, I'm with you. Let's give it to Hutch. Yes. Now, what if you took... Okay. Outside the box a little bit. Excise those guys from the Watley version. Put in Hutchins. His... <laughs> yeah. And then you might have the perfect song. You'd have the number 87 most Australian song ever. <laughs> Most Australian songs. Like, what's the most American song? Like, what is that? Jack Ameri- and Diane. Probably. American Pie. Wait, is it American Pie? Jack and Diane. Yeah. These are okay. Now I get it. It's almost like other countries have identities too. No, stop it. <laughs> Don't get crazy. Keep drinking. <laughs> Taxi, please. So this was the debut single for Jody Watley. Nice, nice way to get out of the gate there, and it was one of the biggest pop and R and B singles of 1987. Hence, it's ranking here at number two. The song hit number two for four consecutive weeks in May 1987, then three weeks number one on the R and B chart. I feel like if you're somebody who hates 80s music or you want to point to the 80s and be like, "It was a soulless decade," this is a good song to point to. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. Wait, did she invent that? This would have predated it, yeah. Wait a second. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. Okay, so this song came out... 87. 1987. The Eddie Furlong character would have been citing a single that was a huge hit three or four years earlier. Is this ground zero for Hasta La Vista Baby in T2? Wait, where is where does Arnold get Hasta La Vista Baby from? He gets it from Eddie Furlong? I haven't seen this movie in forever. As I, I haven't seen it in a while either, but everything he learns, all that kind right, of slang stuff, stuff be... Eddie teaches him. John Connor. Right. So When they're riding across the country. So I guess there had to have been a moment where this song is played in the movie? No, I think it's just he's doing like California slang. Uh, I'm going to do some deep diving here. This is interesting. This could, I mean, this unravels everything if you can figure this out. Why does Terminator say hasta la vista? Does Jody Watley get her due? I'm not seeing her getting the pop that she deserves here. Hasta la vista, baby. Maybe this is something that predated. It's a catchphrase associated with Arnold Schwarzenegger's title character from the 1991 science fiction action film Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Uh, Who? Who? Is that Arnold? Guns in the sky. Oh, here we go. The term Hasta la Vista is a Spanish farewell. Blah, 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 blah. In 1970, Bob Hope comically delivered the Hasta la Vista baby saying to Raquel Welch. Uh, da, da, da. The term with the added word baby was later used as a popular hit song from 1987 Looking for a New Love by Jody Watley it was also used in the 1988 Tone Loke single Wild Thing okay and then it showed up 
in T2. John Connor teaching the Terminator. So John Connor probably got it from Tone Loke. Because he was a cool kid. I guess so. You were... <laughs> T2 is a great fucking movie, by the way. Like one of those movies to come back to? Yeah. Let's You're not really an action movie guy, though. What are you talking about? Sometimes you just say these like big, broad <laughs> things that make no sense at all. I'm not an action movie guy. What does that even mean? Of course I'm an action movie guy. Yeah, I mean, you like it, but you know, you're not like, it's not like your favorite thing in the world. Just because I don't wait outside the theater to see the next fast seven movie like you do <laughs> doesn't mean I'm not an action movie guy. I've, that was a bad example because I've never seen any of those movies. <laughs> so we're about equal. Um, right. Affirmative. No, 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 no. You gotta listen to the way people talk. You don't say affirmative or some shit like that. You say no problemo. And if someone comes off to you with an attitude, you say eat me. And if you want to shine them on, it's hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Was that Bart Simpson? His voice sounds <laughs> so is. young. It's extremely. All right, here we go. Meanwhile, the guy who fucking saw Die Hard at the age of 40 for the first time just said, I'm not an action movie guy. <laughs> well, that was always a black mark on my record for sure. But um, I own multiple Steven Seagal uh Movies on Oh, you're DVD. right. No, you're right. I'm not a bad action movie guy. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to think that bad action movies are the best action movies. No, they are true. All right, here we go. The number one song. Everybody knows this motherfucker. It's number one already? This is it. Wow. Cutting Crew, I Just Died in Your Arms. I just died in your arms tonight. There must have been something you said. I just died in your arms tonight. Don't see this too often, Bob. Open parenthetical, I just, close parenthetical, died in your arms. Well, that seems strange to open it with the parenthetical. I like it. You see it at the end, usually. Yeah, yeah. Why at the beginning? I mean, they're just subverting the genre. (laughs) This is a great song, and it makes me insane (laughs) that there was... Nobody remembers this. I feel like I've talked about it with you and you have no memory. It doesn't exist online. There was an SNL skit in the late 90s, early 2000s with Horatio Sands and I think Will Ferrell where they are a wedding band and this is the only song they know how to play. And they just do it over and over again. And it just starts out with like, I just died in your arms tonight. And then Horatio Sands goes, must have been something you said. 
and then it gets stopped and they yes. have to do it. it happens over and over again i can't hear the song without thinking of that and i can't be satisfied to get it out of my brain because it doesn't exist online it's not on peacock it does exist i've looked for it everywhere i've seen it somewhat recently no is it yes it's not on youtube um because i think you brought it up to me yes and then i think i found it somewhere doing some i i end most of my days with a little chris Kattan research obviously how's the book coming by the way you know i moved and you know i've been very busy so I have to be honest, I don't know where the fuck the book is. Oh, no. So I got to find the Chris Kattan autobiography. Of course. Um, but when I do, I'm going to dive back into it. It's out there, Bob. It's out there. I need, I need it. Because somebody can send it to me. Yeah, we heard a lot of good songs tonight. A lot of great songs. Is this the number one song out of these songs? No, but it was the number one song in America at this time. I mean, this song has a little bit of everything. It does. I feel like I should like it more than I do, which is only kind of. Never really connected with it. Uh huh. It but stayed at number one for two weeks. So this week and the week after, in 1987. Even the people in Canada put it at number one. Oh, they know what they're doing up there. Great song. Great countdown. Great countdown. Good stuff. The 80s, man. There's a reason why that decade endures. Because we've talked about this. We were ahead of the curve in the 90s on being into the 80s. Yes. Like We we, we beat the gold rush there. Um, And then it, it kind of became passe. Right. It got. I mean, after like the wedding singer and everything, it just kind of got... It we were inundated saturated. with it, right. I mean, to the point where, speaking of that 70s show, they had a That 80s Show right. spinoff. And it was just like, oh boy, hoobly. Um, but there's something about the more recent, um, and it's just continued this kind of love of the decade, uh, when like Taylor Swift embraced it and kind of took some of these elements of 80s songwriting and production and brought it to today with the modern tweaks. I'm all about that. Yeah. I love that. Who's our boy? Uh, the guy from Bleachers and Fun. That dude. Jack. Uh, Jack Antonoff. Jack Antonoff. Like, that's his whole thing. It's right. basically taking those big 80 sounds and um, making a kind of a modern version of that. So, great decade. 90s were great, too. Dean is watching a show. I think it's on Disney Plus right now where, like, these kids go back in time and you know, they, they like see their dad when he was in high school or whatever. And they go, he told me they go way back to 1998. I was like, Oh my God. He's like, like, it was so weird back then. It's like, just shut up. Just stop. Stop. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut up. (laughs) 1998 was like four years ago, dude. Relax. (laughs) Um, All right. Before we go, thank you to all the Patronis out there. Yeah, go for it. Keep going. Yeah, trying to get you to the finish line. You look no. a little tired. Let me see. Let me see what you got. Hey, Patronis. You know we love you. We've got mad love for you, Patronis. This is what is in your script, right? Yeah, yeah, read the script. <laughs> mad love for the Patronis. <laughs> Ain't no phonies with the Patronis. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Rolling, rolling. Uh, yes, you guys help uh, keep the uh, engine. You know, in the Titanic, where they put all the... All the Irish guys uh, down there and the Italians and on the immigrants, they, you know, 
they put the the coal. This is in Bob's script. They put the coal <laughs> into the Titanic to make the engine yeah. move, and then the second it was even before they hit the iceberg. They're just like lock the gates for the immigrants, <laughs> and like they were the first to, to bite it. Uh huh. That is certainly not what we would do uh, if <laughs> if when this podcast hits its metaphorical iceberg, we will leave the gates open because you power the engine with your donations. It's always nice to hear my words read by professionals. <laughs> That's wonderfully done. Uh, Thank you to everybody uh, on patreon.com slash nailed it. Throwback pod. <laughs> All you guys are the best. We appreciate every single one of you kicking Lock in. the gates. No, keep the gates open. Kicking in $2 a month, $6 our a month. Our solemn promise to you. And so on and so forth. You guys are the best. Thank you to all of the our Italians down there. The yeah. Italians. Oh no. I did. I did underline the eye. Uh, top tier Patreones, Bruno, the sponsor, Courtney and yes, Wyatt, yes, yes. Kleine and Nancy. Thank you guys for all that you do. And leaders, leaders in the clubhouse. You guys are the best. And thank you to everybody out there on patreon.com slash throwback pod. Beautiful. And now it is time, Bob, for us to pick. The song that best encapsulates the experience that was tonight's show and add it to the Throwback Podcast playlist where you can get wherever you stream your music, except for, of course, title. Title. <laughs> Just taking shots at title in 2021. Actually, somebody tried to populate a playlist over on title and I sued the fuck out of them. <laughs> I said, no, we're not on title. I think that that story is not true because nobody's on title. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Rihanna's like, I'm on title. <laughs> Good Rihanna impression. Thank you. Canceled. Um, all right. For me, what song goes on the playlist? It's a two horse race. <laughs> Rihanna piping up. Little <laughs> title support. She's really uh, loyal. What a I soldier. Think there's no wrong answers here, except for you two. No, I don't. I don't want you two on. This. I know it I doesn't know. make sense. I, in fact, Desire was on somewhat recently, yes, so exactly. we're gonna we're gonna stay away from that. Although that is clearly the best song that we heard tonight. Um, I will. You know what, Bob? It's uh, it's all you, buddy. No, Lead it's not all me. I I think uh, the two that stood out. One would be uh, one would be a bit of a departure from you know having good music on the playlist, but. For me, it's either Starship. Ooh, interesting. He threw me a curveball there. Threw me a little curveball. You weren't expecting Starship on there? I certainly was not expecting that to be nominated for this exercise, but okay, keep going. Or the song that you described as being a perfect song that hits you in the feels. So I don't know which way you're going to vote on this one. All right. Can you name what that song was? That's the that's the deciding. Don't dream it's over. Oh, okay. Of course. It's got to be that one. Let's let's put on the most Australian and or New Zealand song. It's a great Beautiful. song. Oh, it's perfect. I love it. It's is it Starship? Maybe not, but it's an I amazing. I mean, the fact song. that it came down to those two is fucking bonkers, <laughs> and maybe that's the '80s in a nutshell. Yes. All right, there you go. Don't dream it's over. By Crowded House is the latest selection. Check it out. And um, we'll be back in two weeks. See, we're rolling again now. Yes, we're back. We got. We're gonna. We're gonna keep fitting the uh, new garage into, into like our new podcast layer. Whether or not my wife is on board with it, no, I mean, she really doesn't have a say in this matter. It's not really her call. Okay, right. so I'll have to work that out with her. 
But uh, yes, thank you to everybody for your support. We enjoy doing this and you know hearing your feedback and all that good stuff. So yeah, thank you. leave us feedback on iTunes and give us five stars. Leave us feedback on Twitter at ThrowbackPod, Instagram at ThrowbackPod. We Look, love hearing from you guys. Let's read some uh, feedback. On a future podcast. Yes, we will read uh, iTunes reviews. We need some more of those. We've been doing this for a long time. We need more iTunes Okay, reviews. more iTunes reviews. That's all we ask. Uh, that would be incredible. Uh, and five stars, of course. All right, thank you, everybody. And until next time, go fuck yourself. Come on, give title a chance. <laughs> oh, it's so canceled. <laughs>